Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Before we get started with the podcast today, which I know you're absolutely going to love if you're a beauty biz practitioner, I want to just share some information with you regarding the Beauty Biz Workshop. It's a live event that I put together for my fellow Beauty Biz practitioners, and it is happening in Palm Springs, California, October 1st and 2nd. If you would like to attend, but you need a little more information before you can make the commitment or make the decision, then just go ahead and visit beautybiz.live. All the juicy details are there, but I really want to remind you that this is happening and to encourage you, if you want to be there, to get your plane tickets, to get your ticket in. The last few events that I've done have sold out. And as a former flight attendant, I can assure you that travel does not reward the procrastinator. So if you know you want to be there, you know you want to spend two days with me, really learning the tools and the systems that I've used to have a profitable, established business for the last 16 years, then grab your ticket now. Again, talk to your CPA. I know I've mentioned this before. It may be a tax write-off for you, and it's happening at a beautiful resort in Southern California. In Palm Springs, you'll get emailed all the details surrounding where you can stay, how to find a roomie, how to find your way to the event. All that stuff will be emailed as soon as you grab your ticket at beautybiz.live. For the time being, we have a three-pay option that is disappearing at the end of the month, at the end of July, because it just wouldn't make sense to have it after that since we are less than three months away. But we want to make this really affordable for you. My team and I have had tons of meetings surrounding how can we make this happen for the people that really want to be there. So this multiple pay option is a way for you to budget it out and to remove some of the overwhelm from walking away from your business and and your family and attending this event where I promise I am going to stand on stage. I'm not taking it lightly that you're walking away from your life to invest in this event. I'm going to stand on stage and give you everything I got to help you become a more successful practitioner. That is my promise to you. So again, beauty biz, dot live for all the juicy details and to grab your spot. Now, for today's podcast, I'm really excited to share this with you. My guest, her name is Wendy Jacobs, and she is a licensed esthetician who lives in San Diego, California. And Wendy has been putting herself out there to bridge the gap between what's going on with practitioners and spa owners going on up in Sacramento with the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology. She's getting in her car and she's driving up there almost every single month to stand up for us and to bring light to the fact that our part of the barbering and cosmetology licensing has kind of been forgotten. So whether you live in California or whether you live somewhere else, I really think you're going to enjoy this show. And I think it's probably going to motivate you to become more involved in what's happening in your world as far as your license goes. So stay tuned. Enjoy the show with Wendy. She has created a group and I'm going to ask you support her because she's doing great things for us as California estheticians. And again, if you're not from California, I still truly believe you're going to take something really important away from this podcast. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody and welcome. I'm your host, 
Lori Crete of today's Beauty Biz Show, and I'm really excited to introduce you to Wendy Jacobs. Hey, Wendy. Hey there. How are you guys? You know what? It's funny. As we've talked several times, one of the few Facebook groups that I'll be on is yours, and it was called the California Estheticians Group, and I think you've recently changed it. But tell me what else you do. I don't know what Wendy does outside of Facebook. So, hi, I'm a licensed esthetician in North County, San Diego, California, because I know we've got a global listenership here. So please forgive me. I'm not much for public speaking, so it's a little bit new to me. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm going to have you a pro at this in no time because you're going to need these skills to, to further what you're doing for us in the industry. And we'll talk about all that in a second. But you're in North County, San Diego. You're a licensed esthetician. Where do you work? Right now, I'm looking to start my business back up again. I've had a couple of bumps in the road with taking care of family and doing some hospice care. And I've been kind of stuck in the rut, like many other estheticians, of finding a job that will actually employ me legally in the state of California that follows the labor laws and the regulations that are part of the state and what we should be doing and how we should be paying taxes and and participating the right way. So it's been a little bit of a challenge for me as far as the job thing goes. Do you want to move to Encino? Because I need an esthetician. (laughs) I would have to ask David about that. (laughs) So basically, you know, I started California Estheticians because I was kind of frustrated with the process when I first changed careers and I came into aesthetics in 2014. Is that when you became an esthetician, 2013? Yes, I did. Oh, I thought you had, had been an esthetician since like early 2000. So I didn't even know that. (laughs) No, I I hit the ground running. You know, I, I came from the advertising and print production business and my family is a printing family by trade. So I've been in the business since I was 10. And at 44, I hit a health wall and spent three months in an ICU and I had to start all over. So I had to kind of dig deep and figure out what I was going to do other than spend the rest of my life working in a factory in China, supervising people. And I thought of one of the things that I did for myself as a business person was my downtime getting a facial and how much that meant. I think also in my health recovery, I had um, catastrophic organ failure. So basically everything died inside and I had to regrow it. So as we know, working with skin, a lot of the toxins come through your skin. And it was quite a bit of a challenge getting off that hospice list myself and surviving. Isn't it crazy how so many of us have been led to the beauty industry by something that felt like a tragedy? Yeah, yeah. Kind of gets you back to a center in healing and then also sending the message to other professional women. You know, when you get a client on the table and they're that gal, you know, you see her, she's 42, she's got kids, she's got a family, she's got, you know, an executive job and she is absolutely stressed to the max. You want to tell her it's okay to take 45 minutes to yourself and put the phone down. Nobody's going to die in the moment right now. And your project is going to be there for you when you get back in the car and you check your email. And I didn't really think that. I was, you know, 12 hours, 16 hour days when it was high season in the advertising business. So Yeah. So we all just need to learn how to slow down. And then I think that's the beauty of our aesthetics business is being able to send that message to people as well and share our experiences if they know and they ask. 
and it gives them a little perspective on how they need to take care of themselves and how important self-care really is. So have you taken the time to read by Howard Murad, Dr. Murad, his article in Skin Deep this month? No, I have not, but that is on my on my list of things to read. I've been reading a lot of bill analysis <laughs> for the state of California because we're about to get hit with a ton of bricks right now. So it's been all trying to teach myself how the government works so I can help California estheticians start standing up for themselves and take our profession back. Okay, well, I want to talk about that a little bit. I was part of your, and I don't even know if you know this, your Facebook group, California Estheticians. Mm-hmm. I broke up with every Facebook group that I was in, except for yours, because, and I don't know if this has changed or not, because I'm not exposed to it anymore, because of the negativity and the bashing and being rude and judging each other. I just didn't want to be involved in that. And you handled your group, I felt, with such elegance. You know, the girls that show up in there are showing up to support each other and to lift each other up. So thank you for that. Oh, no, it's been my pleasure. I mean, it's it just kind of happened out of, you know, me changing careers and sitting there. You know, I've, I've known Regina Felix of Regina Brows since uh, the early 90s when we went to junior college together. And I'm sitting in her shop one day, brand new esthetician. I'm like, I got to make this work, right? So is this legal to do? And she's like, I really don't know. And I said, okay, well, maybe I should look that up. So I'd look it up and I go, you know, this isn't legal for us to do. Did you know that? And she's like, no, I did not know that. So I'd go out into those forums and I'd experience that same kind of negativity. And I think a lot of us just want to know what we need to do. And, you know, some of us want to go out and find a job or a new rental space or, you know, an honest opinion on a product or how to solve a problem. And I didn't see a lot of that in some of the groups. And so I kind of just said, well, is there a group for California estheticians to talk about what's going on in our state? And there wasn't. So I made it. (laughs) I thank you for it because I do go in there and I learn a lot. And listen, going back to what you said, you're just looking for a job of somebody who wants to show up in a professional manner and hire people the right way. I try my very best. Short of moving a labor law attorney into my spa, I'm never even quite sure I'm doing the right stuff. You know, I try. I try and, and I have a good resource. And this is why I create these mastermind groups in our industry because it's good to have other people to rely on and share their experiences and their resources. But you and I had a conversation about two weeks ago, and I'm going to kind of slowly segue into what we were talking about. But this was my thought, and you can tell me yours. And this goes for any state, not just California. I'm pissed right now that I show up, I pay my taxes, I try to be a good business owner. And when I hear a state board walk in my door, I just about crap my pants every single time because I don't know if I'm doing things right or wrong. The laws change so much and I have letters stuck under pieces of machine from state board saying I'm allowed to use them. But wouldn't it be nice if we could create this world, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, where state board was out to communicate with us really thoroughly and to help us and to maybe give warnings, unless it was something we were doing really to jeopardize the health or the safety of another human being. I don't feel like there's any support in these systems for us. I tend to agree with you, but let me give you a little bit of background on how California works, because we are one of the bigger populations of hairstylists, barbers, electrologists, nail techs, and estheticians. So in a population of 600,000 licensees that the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology manages, there are 82,000, closer to 83,000 licensed estheticians. 
The rest of them, there's 130,000 nail techs in California that are licensed. And then the rest are hair and barber and like six leftover electrologists, which (laughs) they probably had a big challenge on their hands as well. So of that 600,000 population, there are 53,000 licensed establishments in California. And we have 21 inspectors to inspect the entire state. 21 inspectors. That's all we have. We have two supervisors that help in Northern California and Southern California. And that is such an overwhelming task. And they don't come from our industry. They don't come from being a hairdresser and then all of a sudden they become an inspector. They actually come from the HR departments of many of the state governments And they are very versed in doing inspections because some of them were food inspectors. Some of them were prison employees that were layoff or, you know, they're having to move people around in the state. And so they know how to do these things. So sometimes I think that it's very adversarial when it maybe doesn't need to be. There's a couple of things that we really can do. And I know you just mentioned that you have letters stuffed under pieces of equipment. I know in California, they have a suggested equipment evaluation binder. And so on all of your little pieces of equipment, you can fill out or you can work with your manufacturer to, you know, ask them to help you fill out the blanks of what the equipment does, You know, does it have a CE rating, which is a manufacturing specification that is, you know, a safe thing? It'll tell you what classification the FDA has that piece of equipment. So it's really important. So when an inspector comes in and they see that you have an equipment evaluation binder and you have your stuff together, that if they ask you a question, it's going to be easy for them. I've been checked twice and I have to say everyone freaks out over state board. Both times, different people, lovely people lovely, nice, not out to get me. And that's, I don't hear a lot of that though. I don't know how I got so lucky. It may be your approach. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I always offer him a cup of tea, have a seat. I'm with a client inside. My heart's going 500 miles an hour. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want $10,000 worth of fines today. Right. And that's the thing too, is, you know, you have to realize that these people are going into shops and they don't know always if the shop is a legal shop. We have an inspector that was locked inside of the shop. Stop it. A a state board inspector. Yeah. Yeah. Walked into the shop, was locked in the shop. The cops had to come, all that stuff. Wait, did they do this to like imprison her because they were angry? What happened? Do you know? I don't know the whole story behind it, but this is, you know, I have some pretty nice relationships with a couple people up at Barbara Cosmo in Sacramento in California. So basically what happens is they flee. You know, they see somebody that's got a badge at the front door and we don't know, maybe it's just somebody, you know, taking church donations. They will scatter in some of these shops and leaving clients there with, you know, product on their hair. Can you imagine being an inspector and walking in and 10 gals in chairs with bleach on their heads and all the employees bail out? No wonder they've been so mellow in my place. (laughs) You know, there's some other things. There are some inspectors that are a little more challenging than others in different regions. And, you know, I'm trying to work with communicating with Barbara Cosmo as much as I can so that we can, you know, create a better relationship and let them know that we're not trying to be sleazy and and hide things from them. We want to know what we're doing wrong. You know what? It's a digital world now. We could be educated. It's going to take time to figure out how to relay this information, but it is a digital world. You know, even like webinars would be incredible if they could offer something like that. That's 
something that is on their horizon. Awesome. I want to talk about the conversation that we had a few weeks ago and kind of segue into that. And then the changes you made in the California Facebook group, because I think other states could really, you could be pioneering something here. (laughs) I said to you, you know, I'm sick of getting things taken away from me because it really does feel like one week I'm allowed to do this. The next week I get a letter saying I'm not allowed to do it. And you said they really haven't taken anything away from us at all. You know, that is kind of the first defense is, you know, rawr, the medical industry is taking this away. There is some interaction with the medical boards and things like that. But I think what's happened is just our own professional complacency and not going to the board of barbering and Cosmo, you know, the BBC website and reading the rules and understanding the rules and things like that. Most people have never even cracked open the rules. They maybe glance at the poster while they walk by it at the shop and that's about it. They don't know what we can and can't do. Most of these things haven't been taken away. We've just not stood up for ourselves. I think that it was San Jose, maybe four or five years ago, the Face and Body Show State Board was actually there. And I went over and I got a book from them. And it's like my Bible. I open it all the time. But I bet you most people listening right now don't even know that's available. Yeah, it's available online. Yeah, they should be at our trade shows. It was amazing to go talk to them. And they are because of the budgets in California. Here's a little fun fact. You know, all those fines that we get to pay. Yeah. Those fines don't go to the board of barbering and cosmetology. Those fines go into the California general fund. So it doesn't go towards adding more inspectors. It doesn't go towards adding translators to their staffing. It goes back to the state of California. So they don't really benefit from the fines. So when people say that the inspectors are just out there getting money for the BBC, it's not true. They're actually collecting the money and handing it over to our state. Huh. So it's a whole budgeting issue, which would be a whole other podcast. Yeah. So they don't really have a travel budget. Well, I know you posted something in the Facebook group the other day and trying to read it about how employees should be hired. To me, it looked like it could have been in Italian, like foreign language. I have no idea what the heck it even meant. Yeah, it is very foreign language. And I think it is a lot for many of us. You know, if, if you are interested and you, you know, you take an interest in what's going on with our industry, I think that it's important for us to kind of when a bill does come up and I say, hey, guys, Did you know that very soon we will have to potentially have continuing education that involves domestic violence, sexual assault awareness training? Did you know that that's on the agenda for very soon? No, but I think it's funny because I'm just getting ready to do another solo cast. I'm going to be recording it this week about, and I'm calling it sticky situations outside of the wax pot. Yes. Because if I told you some of the stuff I've had, I just had a very famous rock star and another famous rock star son get in a fist fight, domestic fist fight in the lobby of my spa, and they're not even my clients. <laughs> and we are not trained. I thought they were joking. I started laughing. And she's like, it's not funny. I'm like, oh my God. I know how to wax eyebrows, not how to break up a domestic dispute in my lobby. Right. <laughs> so I'm all for that kind of training. All for it. There's that coming up. There's a couple of bills that have you know, to do with the estheticians in California, there's a gentleman named Senator Morlock who would like to deregulate barbers and take a, and not have a requirement for them to have licensing, but also crammed into that bill is taking out the language of makeup application out of the specialty branch of skincare. And the other thing that I find that's a challenge when I've started digging into these laws and the bills that are being proposed 
and also how the uh, Board of Barbering and Cosmetology acts is, is there really is no esthetician involved in the conversation. Right now, we have a situation where we have nine members of our board, five Republic members. Um, then we also have a trichologist barber. We have a hairdresser, another hairdresser that owns a couple of chain stores, and that's about it. We have no esthetician. And when you read these bills, they always talk about nail techs and they talk about hair because they talk about the 1600 hours that's, you know, takes so much time out of your life to get this license versus the 400 hours and there's nothing in between. Well, we all know that there's something in between and it's called 600 hours in California to be an esthetician, to be able to work with waxing and skin. So it's a big challenge. They do stuff a lot of things in these bills. And so I try and keep on top of them and, and have a public voice for, you know, the 82,000 of us that don't have a voice on the Barber Cosmo board. So you're, people listening in, Wendy deserves a lot of credit and acknowledgement here. You're getting in your car from San Diego, driving to Sacramento on your own dime to go to these meetings to inform us. Yes. I, you know, I, um, let's see, I've been up there. There was a meeting April and I ended up leaving the Barbara Cosmo meeting to go and talk to Senate on the Morlock bill, which is a SB 247 and also on SB 296, which is adding waxing into the scope of practice for, uh, nail techs. Now, um, you I, know what you brought that into my awareness. I thought they were licensed to wax. No, they are not. Not in California. Other states do have, um, they have individual licenses for waxing. Um, they have combo, um, licenses that have manicures that are allowed to wax, but not in California. The only people in California that can wax are, um, Cosmos and Estes. So, you know, I spoke in April on that and then they had to reconvene the, the state board meeting in May. So I went back up there and then I was back up there for a committee meeting that they snuck in when you guys were all having fun in Las Vegas. I went up and, and listened to them talk about um, about the health and safety um, committee that also included their labor division and what's going on with how estheticians are being hired and managed um, from that perspective. You know, in California, we also have a, uh, Assembly Bill 1513, which is um, the piece rate bill, which means that if you're being paid commission only, um, that you're not being paid legally. <laughs> so on top of that, now we have SB 490 that um, is trying to redirect that to make it more beneficial to salon owners. I know people uh, that have literally gone out of business because they had to change up so quickly yeah. the way they were hiring people. Yeah, that's actually been around for a while. A few years is when it started really being presented to us, the Railroad Whatever Employment Act, right? Yeah, so it basically, um, you know, it, it's kind of one of the big uh, things in the farm worker thing is they don't want, you know, people just being paid for each bushel of strawberries they pick, you know? You know, we want to we want to all survive and, and have, uh, you know, a decent life here in California, and it's and it's tough. And uh, we need to make sure that, you know, everybody from, you know, the, the least educated to the highest educated is treated fairly and humanely. Well, this is what I'm thinking and what I've heard, because, you know, I engage with a lot of estheticians and a lot of beauty biz practitioners is some people started making less money when they weren't allowed to be paid just commission anymore. So what is this bill heading towards? Is it like giving us more leniency in that area or... 
Well, they're trying to, it, it, it's a tough one to kind of understand. I haven't quite fully comprehended 490 right now. Um, but they're trying to get it back to the old ways of, there's a difference between defining what commission is and piece rate is. And so what was happening, you know, every salon owner kind of wants to call it a 1099 and an independent contractor. But right now in California, you're either an employee where the employer is, you know, managing payroll and taking out taxes and providing workman's comp insurance. That's right. All that stuff. Or you're a booth runner. And that's all I have at my spa now. I made those changes when the law changed and just actually, you know what? I've kept employees around longer and I, my renters are happy. So it worked for me. Right. But, um, you know, I want to get into what you're doing with the California Aesthetic Alliance, because I think you could be a pioneer for people in a lot of other states. And I feel it's very important for California estheticians to hear what you're doing and how they can support this and themselves with this type of professional, I don't know what you want to call it, certification, alliance. So tell me what, and you changed the name of the California Facebook group, right? Amended it and added something on it (laughs) because there was another group that was also called California Estheticians that has a different focus than this group. So California Estheticians, one that you see with the California poppies, you'll see that's kind of my branding is the orange California poppies everywhere because I absolutely love them. But California Esthetician, Esthetician Advocacy Group is the original group that I started um, when I was sitting around talking with Regina Felix from Regina Brows. The Master Esthetician Bill was being proposed. And I think that was when we first were chatting. And that was like me being an SD, like three months into this going, what have I gotten myself into in this industry? Well, that was scary to everybody. It was scary to me as a 15 year esthetician, you know, like what you have to go back to school, 600 hours, and I'm trying to run a business and figure out how to legally hire people. Like there's no time for it. It it started off a lot more beneficial for us. And then it morphed into this bizarre thing where the, you know, the schools kind of took over it. And, you know, somebody like yourself, somebody like Laura Cooksey, somebody like uh, Biba D'Souza, you know, Tamara Petrucci, all these like veteran estheticians would have to go back and pay, you know, the Paul Mitchell School or Bellis Academy or any of those academies to get their master estheticians bill. And they'd be competing with somebody who just got out of high school that had another six months to add on to their program and called them a master. Since I come from a trade family in printing, I know what a master is. You sweep the floors until you can run that press. And we don't have that really in our industry. That's one of the things that concerns me about the aesthetics trade is that we don't have a lot of apprenticeship. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to start, you know, recognizing. I know Ohio is one of the states that's considering kind of making it a more robust program. And I and I kind of really back what they're doing out there in Ohio. They're doing some interesting stuff right now. But in April, I went up and I got diverted by the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology. They said, please, they put this bill on the floor and we need somebody to run over there and make a comment about, you know, what you think about manicurists being able to wax. And I went, okay, I guess I'm off to go see the wizard. And um, I got in my car and went, um, you know, from one end to Sacramento, the other, and uh, spoke about that. And I came out and they said, you know, it's a real shame that there isn't a trade organization for estheticians in California. And I said, 
well, there is actually. <laughs> she said, oh, really, Wendy? And I said, yeah, there is. And she goes, well, what's it called? And I said, it's called California Aesthetic Alliance. But wait, 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 let me hit pause for a second. You said she said, who are we talking about? She. So Tammy Guess is one of the people that you'll see in the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology meeting broadcasts. And um, she's one of my main contacts up there. She's one of the policy advisors, and she is really and truly the workhorse of that organization. I can't imagine all the stuff that she's got thrown at her. Not only me and my, you know, crazy group of people asking questions. She's got the nail techs and the barbers and the electrologists and everybody too asking her questions all day long. And then she's having to, you know, redesign the safety poster and she's having to, she's just so spread thin. Um, that whole organization is very, very understaffed. I have some compassion for that as a business person. So, so she says, you know, well, what's it called? And I said, it's called California Aesthetic Alliance. And she goes really now. And I said, yep. She goes, how long you been around? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, like two minutes. <laughs> so. uh, but you know what? I really think you're like, they say sometimes babies can be old souls. You're like an old skincare soul. <laughs> I think I am. Yes. <laughs> and I recognize the need right away. You know, it's really one of the only ways we're going to be able to make an impact on the board is to be able to get on the task force. You know, we did have an advocate for a while that was on the board and a school owner, but we don't have anybody that's really... A soloist. Uh, you know, D. D is the gal you're talking about that you see. And I've tried to get her on the show and she keeps saying, yes, I'll come on and life is crazy. But I'm sure she would be a wealth of information as well. Yeah, she's also on a couple of the committees and, you know, hopefully she'll give that perspective. But again, we have people that own schools on the board. We have corporations on the board. We don't have solo estheticians on the board or solo practitioners on the board. So they have a little bit more of an understanding in a different direction than I think somebody like Wendy that has a lash studio or, you know, uh, Regina that does killer brows or Tamara, who's a solo esthetician, you know, they, they don't have that perspective. Um, and that's also something that I really try hard to make them aware of when I do speak to them and when I interact with them behind the scenes and sending emails and getting, you know, things clarified for the group and things like that. I wish so we could find a paid position for you, but <laughs> <laughs> it, because I, this really is your own time, effort and energy. So I like, again, I, like I mentioned, I want people who are in other states that have this passion for this, like you do to really listen up. And I want people in California, tell them exactly what the California Aesthetic Alliance is and what it's meant to do and how they can become part of it. So California Aesthetic Alliance, and it's Aesthetic A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C Alliance.com. The California Aesthetic Alliance is where I'm hoping to work on some more SEO function and some indexing function to get interaction with the public, to find the most highly trained and just really the go-getters that go after that continuing education. So requirement for membership in the group, which helps me pay for getting in my car and going 550 miles one way to a state board meeting to represent our trade. Membership into the group is $100. If you are an ASCP member, that means you get $50 off um, because they have partnered with me in the group to promote the group. $50 off your liability insurance. 
So that means basically your membership to have a profile built for you by me in the group is pretty cheap and affordable. And it really does help me get up to Sacramento and make this happen. So you get a discount if you're an ASCP. If you're a nail professional, you get 20 bucks off that. If you're a hair professional with, you know, the... ASCP, ANP, and AHP, you get 20 bucks off your membership. So that helps a little bit. I build out a little professional profile. You're required to have liability insurance. You're required to take a bloodborne pathogen certification and up and keep that up every year. But you know what? Let's talk about that for a second because I've been around for 16 years and I don't even know what this is or how to do it. So I'm sure I'm not alone in that boat. I will be honest and say when you said that, I'm like, well, that sounds like a brilliant idea. I would like to have that, but I didn't even know that type of thing existed. So what is it and how do you invest in something like that? So basically, if you're a permanent makeup artist or a body art practitioner, you are required with your license to to have your bloodborne pathogen certificate. And that happens every year. So it's a test online and you sit through this thing for a couple hours. It's kind of like you get a speeding ticket, except it's a little more gory than that. You have to sit through and understand how, um, you know, how blood and lymph and exposure to that how to control that, how to manage, you know, that, that aspect of, I mean, waxing, you're getting pinpoint bleeding all the time. You're exposing yourself. You're exposing your clients. We have a situation where MRSA is on the rise in the last five years. Hepatitis C has tripled according to the CDC. So we want to make sure that all of our clients and ourselves are protected from, you know, spreading these pathogens around just from the treatments that we do in, in shop. So uh, this should be yeah. part of our training and I'm shocked yeah. that it's not. Um, but so yeah, where would you go to find out about that test? They are different in different states. You can do a Google search for bloodborne pathogen certification. One of the organizations that I work with in San Diego, she does national testing for it and certification for it and also state certification for it is called Your Training Place. And it's like 30 bucks. You take the test and you sit there and it really makes you kind of organize in your head how you are. If you're a hands-on esthetician and you want to have that personal touch and you're not about gloves, you do kind of need to still think about what's going on there, you know, and what, what interaction your skin is having with your client's skin. I just think it's something that, you know, only 13 states, including the District of Columbia, require continuing education. And so we have a situation where we get our 600 hours and then we never take any other classes. And with the California Aesthetic Alliance, what I'm trying to do is show off all the hard work that you've put into continuing education. You know, if you got licensed as a hairdresser in 1986, you were allowed to do skin now. You are not required by any means to take any additional training between 1986 and today. I just don't understand people who don't. <laughs> like I constantly have to immerse in gaining knowledge or I feel useless. I don't it maybe it's the Virgo craziness in me, but gosh, stuff like this. I, like I'm excited to go get that test yeah. and certification so I can join your California Aesthetic Alliance. You know, I want to show the public and I want to show other estheticians that, you know, we're not just beauty school chicks that just got out of high school. I have two members that are PhDs and the smart gals and guys are taking notice and they're going, you know what, this would be kind of cool to be part of this group because of the fact that, you know, Barbara Cosmo actually 
they're like, hey, so what is going on with this? I got a call from somebody in the industry and they're like, wow, somebody noticed your stuff. And I'm like, wow, really? So it's a way of us starting to establish a path to certifications mattering for estheticians. And I know people are thinking because I, my genius work I feel is in marketing. Like I love marketing. I need to be around people like you to learn about rules and regs. We all have our areas that we shine and we, so marketing, what people are going to want to know is, well, what's in it for me if I'm spending a hundred bucks. So I think your vision and your plan is to get some SEO around this. So people, consumers looking for a professional practitioner will find you on this site as well, right? Yes, that's absolutely it. You know, I'm, I'm certified in oncology aesthetics as well. And I want to know that, you know, some gal that's just, you know, finishing up her radiation and her, you know, her treatments and things like that, and is ready to start getting her life back and feeling normal can find somebody or that even knows that there's oncology estheticians out there. I got certified in that a few years back and I did a video just coincidentally like the next month for the homepage of my website. And I mentioned that we were oncology certified that day. We started getting phone calls for people looking for that kind of facial. So you're right. People don't know about these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a work in progress. It's only been up for about a month now. So membership, you get a profile and we confirm that you've taken your bloodborne pathogen. We confirm that you have liability insurance. We confirm your license number. If you hold multiple licenses, we also do that. We tag out to your Instagram. If you like, we tag to your Facebook, we tag to your website and things like that. You have, you know, a headshot of a profile so they can see you. And it's a nice clean layout. I do come from advertising. So I have a little bit of a a snobbery about how websites look. So I'm working really hard to keep that really nice and clean and professional for you. And then it'll have your bullet points, you know, what your strengths are and, you know, category tags and things like that. Like if you're somebody that is passionate about acne care, you're going to get into the acne esthetician category. If you're a lash artist and you keep up with us having bloodborne pathogen certification and liability insurance, you are welcome to join. I have a nail professional in there that's also a PhD. She is Jamie from Precision Nails up in Carmel. She's an outstanding practitioner, and she's kind of the nail industry's advocate up at State Board with me as well. I just have a goal to start having people collect these certifications and publish them online in their own profile. Kind of a way of holding us accountable to our professionalism as well. Yeah, it's really raising the bar and concentrating on doing that. And I think that, you know, sometimes when we're more, I don't want to say more serious practitioners, because sometimes there's gals that all they want to do is wax. And you know what? That's great. You know, not everybody needs to, you know, have this be in their bonnet about why microneedling is illegal for estheticians to do in California. You know, some gals just want to do brows and that is perfectly great. I want the organization to be very inclusive. If you're a hair person and you want to take the bloodborne pathogen and prove to me you have liability insurance, that tells me that you care about consumers. That's the kind of person I want to hang out with. That's the person I go to Sacramento for and talk about in front of Barber and Cosmetology. And I absolutely have passion about talking about those soloists that are building their business so they can be better and more informed for their clients and for their own business. And I don't know, I'm kind of crazy. 
Well, I have to tell you as we wind down here that I love what you're doing. I appreciate the time and effort that you're putting into making changes for all of us. And I just want you to give one more shout out. So even somebody in a different state or in California can see what you're doing and and invest in what you're doing. So will you just give the URL for that again? Sure. It is CaliforniaAestheticAlliance.com. And it's California Aesthetic spelled with an A, A A-E-S-T-H-E. T-I-C, alliance.com. And, you know, memberships are pretty reasonable, especially considering that you get $50 off your ASCP um, liability insurance. On that website, do you have, before they even join, a link where they can get the Bloodborne Pathogen Certificate and liability insurance? Like, can they find that when they go and investigate what you're doing? That's one of the things that I'm doing today, other than reading a ton of policy bills that are going to be discussed. You know, we have a really big meeting, three days worth of meetings this coming week. So I feel like I'm studying for final exams right now. We have all the committees are meeting on Sunday, the 16th in Sacramento. We have the regular board meeting on the 17th that discusses board's opinion on all these bills that are being proposed. We have another meeting on the 18th. Tuesday that is strategy for how California Barber Cosmo is going to move forward in the future because they have their sunset review coming up on the state level next March. So we have a lot of really big changes that are that we're facing and all the language in the bills says hairdressers or nail techs. None of it's estheticians. And I really, really am passionate about changing that and making sure that they know that 82,000 of us in California really care about our businesses. We care about our clients. We care about safety. It's just, I've kind of landed in it and it's my Pandora's box, but I'm not giving it up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for being here with me today. And I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of people listening out there to get more involved in what's happening in our state and in their states. And please keep me posted after the meetings next week. Yeah. And please reach out to me on Facebook, Wendy Jacobs. And if you have any questions on how to start a group in your own state, I suggest it, you know, you just start a Facebook group and you start adding members and your, you know, your peers and everything. And you just start going to your local Barbara Cosmo website and reading and establish a positive relationship with them. And it'll all come together. Awesome. Thanks so much, Wendy. Have an awesome day. And again, thank you for everything you're doing in the industry. It's my pleasure. And thank you so much for including me in this group and look forward to talking to more of you guys. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show.